Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. It uh, was just uh, let out a moment ago that uh, uh, Sister um, Amber, <laughs> sorry, it happens to me all the time, it's not you. Sister Amber said that your brother does not have leukemia anymore, correct? He's been healed. Let's give God praise this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo! King of kings and Lord of lords. Praise His holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Woo! Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Praise your name. Jesus is alive. My God is real. Ain't he real? He's still healing, isn't he? Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Woo. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I believe if I remember correctly... It was expected that he was going to spend at least a month in the hospital, wasn't it? And, of course, that never did transpire, did it? God, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Jesus had done stepped on the scene. God answers prayers. God answers prayers. I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord. Glory to his name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yes, bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Greet you in the name of the Lord this morning, and welcome everyone to the house of the Lord today. I definitely have what I know to be uh, a word from the Lord, a, a message from the Lord, and uh, with His help, I'll be able to uh, speak on His behalf to you. Uh, I, I, I cannot tell you uh, how much I just really feel this impressed. It was, as we say, sometimes you feel like you get a burden on you. You feel like something is just stirring so greatly in you. And, uh, you know, last week we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus. You know, he was resurrected he, and come back. He, you know, he went and, and took control over death and hell in the grave and has the keys to it. He is in charge. He is in control. And one day he will soon come. But until that time, uh, we are to be preparing ourselves, and not only us, we are to be a help to those uh, that's, out, that's out in the world to try to, to get uh, the bride of Christ ready to increase his bride that he is coming back for. It's more than just us preparing for ourselves. We need to be a help to others. And uh, I really feel this strong. I really feel like, uh, I really feel like that Jesus wants uh, this message talked about this morning. And, uh, and I just, uh, like I said, I just really hope and pray uh, through him that I could get it, get it across in a good fashion and a manner because he, he is all that matters uh, is, is in Jesus. Uh, so uh, with that, I'll go ahead and begin. Uh, my uh, focus uh, scripture this morning is going to come from John and 3 and 16. Does anybody know that one? Maybe by heart. <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. John three sixteen. Praise the name of the Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, 
that whosoever, whoever believes in him should not perish. Everybody say not perish. But have everlasting life. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you today. We thank you for your presence that we know is here. And Lord, as we begin to try to uh, give your word and your message today, Lord, use me as your vessel to get your word across. I'm nothing without you. I have to have you, Lord. And I know that and I realize that. And I know this is a desire of you. And I give you praise and glory, honor for this day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let church say amen. Hallelujah. So with, uh, with this uh, text and thought in mind, I want to speak to, uh, on the subject this morning called uh, Separation Day, Sep- Day of Separation. There is going to be a Separation Day. There's coming, there's coming a day where uh, the, the saints of God, the, church, the bride of Christ, will be separated from everyone else who has not accepted our Lord and Savior. And so uh, that day will come and will be. Now, in uh, order to understand more clearly of the separation that I'm talking about, is more clearly is going to be the difference between heaven and hell for a lot of folks. And I struggle greatly uh, with this uh, topic because um, you you never want I, I don't you don't want to get up here and just speak on hell and everybody everybody's going to hell and you and, and that kind of thing. But uh, I very so much believe it wholeheartedly that this is something that's aching in Jesus' heart and he once spoke on and talked about because uh, he's given me a different scripture that we're going to go to shortly, three different times uh, that it has come to me that I know he once spoke on, that he once spoke of. And likewise, there's been a couple of different events happen uh, uh, lately that uh, also brings this up. So it's, you know, it still needs to be brought up. It still needs to be spoke about. We just have to be cautious and careful how, how we speak on it, but it needs to be spoke of. Praise the Lord. And so uh, speaking and thinking of uh, the separation day, and quite frankly, a, a hell that, that will be, uh, times are changing, and uh, thinkings is changing, people's, people's things are changing. And so uh, there's a lot of belief going around out there that there's not going to be a hell. You know, there's no hell that exists. Uh, there is not a literal place that you will spend eternity. Uh, that you're actually, a lot of folks are actually living their hell right now in this, where we're at right now in this day and time. They believe that. And uh, last week on April, or excuse me, March the 28th, uh, Pope Francis had a interview with one of his, he says is his, uh, a friend of his who happens to be an atheist, uh, is Italian uh, reporter. And so they had discussion. Now, it was reported that uh, this particular reporter does not write down verbatim, word for word, question asked and answer given. Uh, but they talked, spoke on hell, and is the hell there in existence? Now, the reporter comes out of their uh, discussion and says that Pope Francis claims there's no hell. I don't know if anyone had heard, heard this or seen it or not, but this is what he cl- uh, claimed that the Pope had said that bad souls or condemned souls simply disappear. Once, once uh, the time comes, it just it disappear. There's actually no hell that they go to. 
this uh, atheist friend of his, his name is, uh, and now this is Italian name, Eugenio Scalafari. Uh, he, uh, he, like I say, he made this claim right before Easter coming up to it. Now, the Vatican come out and strongly rebuked this, rebuked it. You know, they come out and said that they don't believe this, uh, and th- this claim cannot be substantiated because it's not an accurate representation of their conversation. But, you know, I looked, I looked up on Twitter the Pope's account, and through his past statements of what he had said, never mentioned it, that I, that I seen and scrolled back from that, the 28th back down. So he never spoke, he never mentioned it on his Twitter account, never spoke of it. And that bothers me, you know, that bothers me that he didn't rebuke it himself because he has over 17 million followers on that account. Think of that. 17 million plus followers that is had read this article and they're trying to decide whether or not to believe it. One of the comments that I read under the news headline, because you know how when you see a news headline it has comments of people down under, one of them was an individual who claimed and said that, you know, they would be happy to know that they just that their soul just disappears because it's too great of a task and effort to try to be a good Christian to live for God that is just too tough and too hard and if they 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 can't make they can't make it they it's they it's comfort to them to know they just disappear their soul just didn't. and that's what so bothersome and it's bothersome to Jesus it's bothersome to him to think that people is thinking this way that there's no hell that that they're, that they're going to go to they're just simply going to disappear that that was one thing uh that I come across Another thing was more kind of closer to home, especially to our uh, belief system and doctrine, is uh, a, a guy by the name of Carlton Pearson. And a lot of you may have heard of him, they know of him. I'll give you just a, kind of a brief rundown. He was once a very powerful Pentecostal preacher. He's changed his mind on hell and, ha- and, ha- and began to teach that people don't go to hell. Like I told you before, they're actually kind of already in a state of hell right now. And he came to this after many years of preaching the plan of salvation. He was a pastor of a church in Tulsa that had 6,000 members at its greatest in, in Tulsa. Uh, in the springtime in the, in the night, during the 1990s era, he, he would hold a revival conference called Azusa. And a lot of you may recognize that name. It, it was uh, the, the Azusa revival of the late of the early 1900s. Is how Pentecostal came about. A lot of different Church of Gods and, and of his specifically Church of God in Christ come out. And so uh, this was a Pentecostal movement. The power of God fell so greatly, and Holy Spirit come down, and it greatly multiplied. So, and they, like I said, he hold, he would hold this in the 1990s. So if a man, of, a man of God at that time preaching a plan of salvation, Pentecostal faith, what could change his mind and belief this way to, feel, to now feel so strongly about it? And I watched an interview that he, that he had gave, and it's he, uh, in his admission in this interview, spoke about how he had grandparents that were, uh, he said he was the fourth generation preacher in his family. And he had grandparents, they were all in church, and uh, they had fallen away, backslid, and they never did come back to God. And so they wound up passing away. And so he knew under his belief, and because they had not come back, he just kept, he kept saying that they had gone to hell. There was no salvation for them. They had died in their sin, and they did not come ask God for forgiveness for backsliding. 
And so this was very tough for him, and he said he admitted to having anger in his heart at, at this time as he contemplated this and went over and over and over. Years are going by, you know, and he contemplated this. So, he, like I said, he admitted to having anger in his heart, and he just couldn't accept the thought that hell, as it was taught what, in his words, and in a God that would send people to hell. Send people to hell. But I say to you that God doesn't send people to hell. God doesn't send people to hell. If you wind up there, it's because of your own account. Amen? It's not God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's not God. God will not send anybody. It's going to determine what you had, the decision you have made. See, that's the thing about it. God has, God has given us all a choice. It's our choice. It's our free will whether or not we accept him. And how and we go along with that. It's not so. It's not going to be God sending people to hell. But be, uh, speaking on uh, Carlton Pearson, so he created this new belief called inclusion, and this is he's preaching it today, and he's begin he's gaining followers of this. And his this inclusion belief is that since the resurrection of Jesus, that you're automatically saved. You're automatically saved since his resurrection. Like Jesus died on a cross. And come back, and when he come, he died for the sin of the world. It's all sin, no matter what. So that is what he is teaching and preaching. And ju- we just accept ourselves as we are. There's no need for repentance, no need for baptizing. You're already automatically saved. And he knows as well as I know that's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible teaches. There is a plan of salvation. And as much as I know it hurts, sometimes our family or our friends, or loved ones we try to convince, we try to talk to. Sometimes it hurts, you know, to because hell is a tough talk. People don't want to hear it. They don't want, they, and they definitely don't want to experience it. But, you know, it, it is very tough, but we have to keep our focus and trust in Jesus and not let anger set in if some situation happens. We have to go to him. We have to remember him. You know, a lot of times... Uh, when you see people out, and you, if you're at the Walmart or you're on, you're traveling down the road, I'll give an example for me. When I when I'm going down the interstate and I see a uh, an ambulance go by, you know, uh, I'm not uh, boasting or anything, but I'll say a prayer for whoever may be in there, you know, because when when I look at people, and I hope when we look at people, when we look at other folks, we ought to see them as a soul for Jesus. When you look at someone, don't look at who they are. Don't look at their outward appearance and judge them for something. Look at who they are. Look at that soul that you know is there, that you that that's what Jesus is looking at. Jesus is looking at their soul because your soul is what's going to spend eternity somewhere. That is that is what counts. And we need to when we look at people, look and say, That is a soul for God right there. And I think Jesus asks, What are we going to do about it? Now, I know that's tough, and it hurts, and it's, you know, I'm stepping on my own toes, you know, but what are we going to do about his souls, his people, those souls that are going to spend eternity somewhere? What are we going to do about it? That is, that is what he, that he's asking this morning. So, praise the name of the Lord. Glory to his name. I want to take us to uh, Matthew 25 right now. And uh, and read starting at thirty one, praise the name of the Lord. Matthew twenty five. We're going to begin at thirty one. And this is in my Bible. The words are in red. So what does that mean? It was the words of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. 
When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the glory, angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left hand. We're speaking of a separation day. It says right here in Jesus' words, there's going to be a separation. He's going to separate. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say, To them, assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to to me. And 41 here that that is, uh, I want to make a special note. Then he will say also to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So that lets us know that there is a hell, the everlasting fire that was prepared for the devil and his angels. It wasn't prepared for mankind. It wasn't prepared for us. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. It exists, in in the words of Jesus, it exists, it's there, but it was not prepared for me and you. It was prepared, or the word, it was prepared for the devil and his angels that were fallen from God. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. So we learn right there that uh, there is a hell, and it is a play, a real place. And at the judgment day, the, the, the devil and all his angels, they're going to be judged. And they're going to be cast into that lake of fire there. That's, go, that's going to be for them. Praise the name of I want to give you a story, an, uh, another story in the Bible. Uh, comes from Luke in 16. And this is the one that I told you that come to me uh, three different times. And uh, it's, a story, it's a story that Jesus gave uh, about uh, a rich man and a man named Lazarus. It's Luke 16, beginning in verse 19. And this, and this is a story of Jesus speaking on uh, a warning, a warning uh, of hell again. And, that, you know, Jesus spoke on uh, hell and as a warning a lot in the Bible. He spoke on it more than he did in hev- about heaven. He, he spoke on it trying to give a warning. He, he didn't run around telling everybody, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. He tried to give warnings. He tried to let people know what could happen, what could come to pass. So he wanted to warn. He's trying to warn the people. So uh, beginning of verse 19, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day or lived in luxury, rich man. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. I looked. Uh, I looked. Uh, well, I've looked up a lot of words in the Strong's, but the sores in the Strong said it, that these sores could ooze. They could, and it says when the dogs come and licked them, it was some kind of oozing. So it doesn't sound very pleasant, does it? Let you know how much how much uh, pain this beggar must have been in. 
So he, uh, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died, and listen to this, and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man died, the, the rich man also died and was buried. Can I tell you today that, that you don't have to fear death? A child of God does not have to fear death. You're going to have angels come carry you to glory at your death, the child of God. That's what, the, that's what the Bible says right here. Angels carried him to the bosom of Abraham, Father Abraham. But when it talks about, when it talks about uh, the rich man, he was died and buried. It doesn't say the angels come to him. He died lonely. He died lonely. You know, he died, he died of a death that was lonely and sorrowful and dark. It was, it wasn't, was not a happy time. But if you're a child of God, you have no fear in death. You made your, you made your soul ready to meet the Lord. You're gonna, you're gonna have a blessed death. And I, I heard, glory to the name of the Lord. I heard, I've heard it said before by, um, uh, like a hospice nurse or someone that takes people, care of people as, as, uh, they're beginning their, their last days. They said, you know, that people that uh, they know whether people was a Christian or not, or li- or claim, you know, claim to be Christian, live like. They said that people that claim to be Christian and live for God die a more peaceful death than the ones they're surrounded and with that do not. Imagine that. And this is from like nur- uh, you know, a nurse saying this, saying that you know, it's more that they enjoy being in someone's home that's passing on, that believes in God, accepted Jesus, because it's more peaceful than someone who is not. Think of that. Think of that. Praise the name of the Lord. Then, Verse 24, then he, then he cried out and said, this is the rich man, crying out to Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things? But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. You know, I looked up this word tormented, too, in the Strong's. And in the Greek it says, this, uh, this word is, which I cannot pronounce, but uh, uh, it's bisasinos, I believe, in my feeble attempt of English language. <laughs> A touchstone, which is a black Sicilius stone used to test the purity of gold or silver by the color streak per- produced on it by rubbing it with other metal. Torment because of stone force be- being exerted and used of the rack or instrument of torture by which one is forced to d- divulge the truth. So that's w- that's w- uh, what the Strong says about tormented there. But Abraham said um, in uh, 25, so remember in your lifetime you received your good things, likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. So this rich man, he wants help now. He, he, he wants some assistance now. He's being tormented where he is at. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. We all know in our English language, it's fixed to me. It's not moving. It's there. You're not going to get, it's not, there's no way. You're not going to get around it. So that lose, that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from here, from there, pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they come into this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. 
And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus gave this parable trying, trying to be a warning to the people, letting them know, don't, ex, don't expect that once, once your time comes and you haven't accepted that you're going to get help, you're going to get some uh, uh, relief, number one, in your torment, or number two, that you're going to be able to call someone else that you uh, may recognize or see if that were to, to be able to happen. Uh, to come to and warn the rest of your family. Jesus saying, making yourself prepared now. It's all, I take this too, this rich man, it talks, you know, Jesus is letting him know this man was well off. He lived a life in luxury. He knew this, this, this beggar was sitting outside of his gate, knew he had to have sores, but he didn't take care of him. And, and Jesus, the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. What are we doing with what we have? Are we helping those that are less fortunate than us? Are, are we using what God has given us? Let me ask, do we feel like what we have has come from us or did it has come from God? How did we get, how, did, how have we obtained everything that we have? Do we recognize God's involvement in what we have? God, it does have involvement in our life and blessings. If you're blessed by God, you should likewise bless others that are less fortunate. Praise the name of the Lord, glory to His name. So, so that so that was uh, was a warning of Jesus, and Jesus tried to warn people uh, by speaking what what was what was to come. Uh, Romans six and twenty three is another va- very famous uh, scripture. Romans six and twenty three, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is death. In other words, the, the, what you get, what's your reward for living in sin and never accepting Jesus and, and living for Him and striving, and that's is death. That that's going to be the reward, the death. And remember that term, that word, death, right there. In in what uh, Paul's letter to the Romans says right here, the wages of sin is death. Now, I want to say also too that Jesus Jesus isn't asking us to be perfect. Is anybody perfect in here? I'm the only one holding my hand up, <laughs> I, but I'm not perfect. I was just I was just seeing if anybody else thought so much of themselves. I know I'm not perfect. I'm I feel like a lost ball in high weeds most of the time, and I'm just hoping nobody comes and has the 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 bush hog too low and chop me. <laughs> Praise the Lord! But you know, Jesus doesn't expect us to live a perfect life. He just expects us to make an attempt, do our part. And when we do that, he'll fill in where, we, where we're together. Each of us has different gaps that we mess up or we have a problem with. But as long as we keep focused on Jesus, on him, give him praise and glory, wake up and die daily, ask him to forgive us of our sins, what we know about, what we don't know about, Lord, step in, he'll step in. He'll step in for any situation, and that's all we can do. That's all we can do as Christians, and that's all we can do, share with everyone else when we're talking to other, our family or friends or coworkers. That's all we can do with them is, is try to share that experience. Tell them, no, we're not perfect. We're just doing the best we can to live for God because he will fill in where we're, where we're lacking. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, and I want now to go to uh, Revelation, keeping that uh, the wages of sin is death in mind. We want to talk about the great white throne of judgment. 
And this is the last scriptures I want to share with you this morning. And this is, you know, this is the, uh, it's happy and it's sad. It's, you know, it depends on your state, depends on where, you, where you're at in God, you know, on, on this. But beginning uh, verse, uh, or Revelation 20, beginning at 11, the great right throne of judgment. Then I, and this is the John the Revelator speaking of the vision that was given him. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And there was no found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things that were, were written in the books. Everybody knows what the book of life is. We always talk about it. Your name's got to be written in that book of life. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and, the de- and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, one, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. Remember I told you, you remember that word death? Where, uh, back in Romans it said the wages of sin is death. Well, guess what's going to happen to death? Right here, right here in Revelation is what it says. Death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. Once again, we find out the lake of fire is real. It exists. And death and Hades is going to be cast into this lake of fire, and that's where it's going to remain. This is the second death at the end of the verse. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And this is the great white throne of judgment. This is what ultimately is going to happen and transpire. And I, like I say, I know it's a tough, it's a tough, hard subject, but I know Jesus really wanted this spoke of with what's going on in our society, minds that are changing, things are happening, taking place. But we have to stay firm on on our word. We have we have to stay like what we have written on our glass down here. If you standing on the word. Standing on the word. We have to stand on the word. We cannot deviate from the word. Show our study, show ourselves approved, try, try, to, try to learn it so that we can help others. We, that is us. We need to look at others as a soul to help them because that is, that is what we're to do as Christians, to help others. One thing I wanted to mention also, too, when I was speaking about um, uh, Carlton Pearson, you know, this transpired and happened for him several years ago uh, when he decided to make this change. But coming this Friday on the 13th, uh, it's going to be shown on Netflix. There's now a movie that's come out about him and his transition and this, uh, this message of inclusion that he's now preaching. And I wish I could remember the number of uh, Netflix uh, that people like to subscribe to Netflix. I can't, rem- I can't remember the exact amount. But, you know, Netflix is big. And I don't know if a lot of y'all may have it. But the name of the movie is Come Sunday. And I, once again, I go back to like what I said about uh, the Pope's Twitter account with 17 million viewers. How many people are going to watch this and maybe believe it? If I don't stir you in some kind of way, this message that they're trying to get put out, that there's no hell, don't worry about salvation, don't worry about repentance, it's very it's dangerous. 
it's dangerous and so we have to be very much on guard we have to be ready we have to be ready and, and studied up to be able to give an account for our lord and savior jesus if you believe in the plan of salvation you believe in repentance you believe in baptism you believe in the holy ghost we need to stand for it and and not let this other message that's going around be be spoken like it's it's accurate and it's legit because his message of inclusion is basically all sin doesn't matter. All sin, it, there, it, there's no, there's no right or wrong about it. It's an inclusion. You're going to be, you're going to have salvation just because Jesus resurrected from the cross. But we know it's more than that. We know it's a little more than that. And uh, in closing this morning, as a pastor comes up to get a song ready, I want to share with you uh, uh, the, a man that I found that said his name is David Hume. And this man was an atheist philosopher, famous for his philosophy on empiricism and skepticism of religion. And what basically this empiricism is, is a belief that people should rely on practical experience uh, and experiments rather than on theories. So he believed that religion is just a theory and you shouldn't practice it based on that. But on this man, think about this closely now, on this man's deathbed, he cried out, quote, I am in flames. I am in flames. And it is said by those that were around that his desperation was a horrible scene. Now, this man was an atheist, and then this, this was the end result of his life. Remember where he talked about the rich man died alone? This man here died alone. And he felt torment right there on his deathbed already. And I think, in my belief, it's because he was an atheist and God's going to work in ways to let, to let his light shine and, and other people to see. So, so think about that this morning. And this morning, if there's anyone that, that maybe wants to recommit some, some part of their life or, or just come and pray, if you need a prayer for healing of any kind, we're here to pray with you this morning. Praise the Lord. The blood that Jesus